0: We want to welcome you to our Good Friday service here at the Junction. And uh, we're just going to do a very simple service today. We're going to read through the Passion story found in Mark chapter 14 and 15. Uh, We are also going to participate in communion, uh, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper. And so I invite you, if you want to join us in that, to grab some bread or cracker or juice or wine and you can participate with us uh, in that. Uh, this is Good Friday, at least us Western Christians call this Good Friday. Other Christians in other parts of the world call it Silent Friday, or Long Friday, or Great Friday, or even Holy Friday. Uh, again, we in the West, we call this, this Good Friday, and, and yet we're focusing in on the crucifixion and the torture and death of Jesus. Now, why do we call that Good. Well, it's not good that, that he was tortured in the sense that torture is never good. It's, it's evil, but it's good in terms of what God did through it, that through the death of Jesus, we know without a doubt the kind of love that God has for us. Through the death of Jesus, uh, it is finished, sin is done, and there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus and so we're going to focus in on the cross. And, uh, and by the way, sometimes people ask what is the, the I-N-R-I at the top of the cross that is often seen. And that's basically Latin, the the, the, the letter, first letter of the words Jesus of Nazareth, uh, King of the Jews. And so it's just a Latin, uh, Latin phrase. Uh, it says in John 15, 13, Jesus said, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And this is the part of Good Friday that we focus in on, is, is the realization that, that God loves us so much that He's willing to give His only Son. Uh, God loves us so much that He was willing to, to die rather than, than kill His enemies, including, including us, that he, he shows His great love for us, that uh, the very definition of God, that God is love, is defined the cross. That God is an other-centered, self-sacrificial kind of God. As John 3.16 says, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus laid down His life for us. And so we are going to just read through the Gospel of Mark. And sometimes we read little short sections of Scripture uh, but sometimes it can be very powerful just to read uh, long sections of Scripture. And so we're going to read through the passion story. And I encourage you as we read this to, to, uh, to let your imagination enter the story as well. And not just read it with your mind, but read it with your imagination and with your heart and with your emotions. So Mark chapter 14. Uh, so we're going to pick it up in verse 12. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go to prepare the Passover meal for you? So Jesus sent two of them into Jerusalem with these instructions. As you go into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. This is where you should prepare our meal. So the two disciples went into the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and he prepared the Passover meal there. In the evening, Jesus arrived with the 12 disciples. As they were eating at the table, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, one of you eating with me will betray me. Greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, Am I the one? He replied, It is the one of you twelve who is eating from this bowl with me. For the Son of Man must die, as the Scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces And gave it to the disciples, saying, Take it, for this is my body. And he took the cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new in the kingdom of God." And so this is actually where the communion meal was was first begun and instituted. And just reflecting on this, we're going to take a moment to participate in communion as well. And so if you have your bread or cracker or juice or wine, you can grab that at this time. It was on the night that Jesus was betrayed. It says here that after giving thanks, he he broke the bread. And uh, it's interesting that Jesus gave thanks, and that's what the word Eucharist means. It means to give thanks, that Jesus actually gave thanks knowing that He was going to be tortured in the worst way, knowing that He was going to be crucified. And this tells us that uh, we need to learn how to be thankful, despite even the difficult circumstances. Now, Jesus wasn't thankful for the cross and, 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 and the torture But he was thankful for other things in his life, for his relationship with the Father and his disciples and those kinds of things. And so uh, as we prepare this meal, let's just take a moment to give thanks. And maybe you're going through a difficult time, uh, just as Jesus was in our story, but just take a moment to give thanks to God for those things uh, that uh, you want to be thankful for. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts for all that you give us, for we know that every perfect gift comes from above. In Jesus' name, amen. So it was on the night that Jesus was betrayed that he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body given for you. Take this in remembrance Of me. Let's take the bread of the Lord together. the same way he takes a cup with wine and he, and he says, this is the sign of the new covenant. And the new covenant is all about a relationship of God and forgiveness and grace and, and the reality that we can, can boldly come to the throne room of grace. And, and, this, is, uh, and this is a reality of the new covenant. And so we celebrate that with the cup. So let's take the cup of the Lord together. So continuing on in Mark chapter 14, verse 26, it says, Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. On the way, Jesus told them, All of you will desert me, for the Scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee to meet you there. Peter said to him, Even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Jesus replied, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. They went out to the, of, to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground. He prayed that if were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out. Everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open and they didn't know what to say. When he returned to them the third time, he said, Go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But no, the time has come, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And immediately, Even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. Then you can take him away under guard. As soon as they arrived, Judas uh, walked up to Jesus. Rabbi, he exclaimed. And gave him the kiss. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. They took Jesus to the high priest's home, where the leading priests, the elders, and the teachers of religious law had gathered. Meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance and went right into the high priest's courtyard. There he sat with the guards, warming himself by the fire inside the leading priests and the entire high council were trying to find evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death but they couldn't find any many false witnesses spoke against him but they contradicted each other finally some men stood up and gave this false testimony we heard him say i will destroy this temple with human hands and in 3 days i will build it build another made without human hands but even then they didn't get their stories straight. Then the high priest stood up before the others and asked Jesus, well, aren't you going to answer those charges, these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus was silent and made no reply. Then the high priest asked him, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothing to show his horror and said, Why do we need, another, uh, need other witnesses? You have heard all his blasphemy. What is your verdict? Guilty, they all cried. He deserves to die. Then some of them began to spit at him, and they blindfolded him, and beat him with their fists. Prophesy to us, they jeered, and the guards slapped him as they took him away. Meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below. One of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself at the fire. She looked at him closely and said, You were one of those with Jesus of Nazareth. But Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And he went out into the entryway. Just then, a rooster crowed. When the servant girl saw him standing there, she began telling the others, This man is definitely one of them. But Peter denied it again. A little little later, some of the other bystanders confronted Peter and said, You must be one of them because you are a Galilean. Peter swore, A curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know this man you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he broke down and wept. Very early in the morning, the leading priests, the elders, and the teachers of religious law, the entire high council met to discuss their next step. They bound Jesus, led him away, and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, you have said it. Then the leading priests kept accusing him of many crimes, and Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer them? What about all these charges they are bringing against you? But Jesus said nothing, much to Pilate's surprise. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner, anyone the people requested. One of the prisoners at that time was Barabbas, a revolutionary who had committed murder in an uprising. The crowd went to Pilate and asked him to release a prisoner as usual. Would you like me to release to you this king of the Jews, Pilate asked, for he realized by now that the leading priests had arrested Jesus out of envy. But at this point, the leading priests stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. Pilate asked them, then what should I do with this man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded, what what crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. So to pacify the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. The soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters called the Praetorium and called out the entire regiment. They dressed him in a purple robe, and they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. Then they saluted him and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him on the head with a reed stick, spit on him, and dropped to their knees in mock worship. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to be crucified. A passerby named Simon, who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the countryside just then, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus. And they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull. They offered him wine, drugged him with myrrh, but he refused. Uh, then the soldiers nailed him to the cross. They divided his clothes and threw dice to decide who would get each piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign was fastened to the cross announcing the charge against him. It read, The King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, abuse, shaking their heads in mockery, Ha! Ha! Look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Well then, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. He saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama shabachthanai, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said, let's see whether Elijah comes to take him down. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, this man truly was the son of God. Just take a moment and uh, just ask God this question. God, what do you want to speak into me today? What do you want to speak into me this morning about the crucifixion of your son Jesus? What is it that you want me to know? Jesus, what do you want me to know about the cross? The cross that you died and and took my place. What is it that you want me to know about the cross you died on? And Holy Spirit, how do you want me to respond? How do you want me to respond to Jesus dying on the cross for me? Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we, we thank you for how all three of you are involved in Good Friday, redeeming us, saving us. Uh, breathing life into us. And uh, and God, we just, in the bottom of our hearts, say thank you. Thank you for the cross. And God, we look forward to celebrating the resurrection in just a couple days. So we thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. It's Friday, but Sunday is coming. God bless you all today, and have a good, uh, good Friday, and may the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you and speak just beautiful things into you throughout the day. In Jesus' name, amen.